You're listening to Built on Beavs, your weekly OSU Beavers podcast for fans and by fans. You can listen, subscribe, and share the show on your favorite podcast player and follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Built on Beavs and like the show on Facebook. Just search Built on Beavs. You can also contact the BOB crew by sending an email to builtonbeavs at gmail.com. This week's episode is brought to you by Impact Real Estate. If you have any home buying questions or just want to learn more about the whole process, go on over to their website, impactrealestate.com, and also head on over to their social media platforms, Facebook or Instagram, at Impact Real Estate. They have a home buying class coming October 19th from 11.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. It's a free event, but you'll need to head on over and register so they know how many is coming. It's a have a slice and home buying advice. So there'll be pizza, some prizes. So if you just have any questions at all about the home buying process or want to know more of what that's like, Derek and Tamara will be there along with some lenders and it's just going to be a great time to get more information. Now on to the next episode of Built on Beeves with your B.O.B. crew, Zeke, Nate, and Eric. Welcome to Built on Beeves. My name is Eric. I am joined by Zeke and Nate. On this episode, we're going to recap the Beavers' first win in Pac-12 play in football against UCLA, 48-31. We're also going to preview their upcoming matchup against number 15, Utah, and finish things up with the rundown. I obviously did not see the win coming. You both did. I did. Yes, I did. However, I I did say if they were going to win, it was going to be a blowout questionable blowout right Close? i mean you said by over two possessions i think so yeah. you're accurate there yeah, double exactly. digits right yeah. so yeah. you're used to being wrong but you always want to have a little bit of rightness in there so you're not just completely wrong makes yeah. me feel much better <laughs> but really i i'm honestly blown away when i saw the score line mm-hmm. i was I, I wasn't able to watch the first half i think at some point i saw a 27 to 7 or 27 to 10 i was mm-hmm. shocked they Did came out to a really fast start yeah it was it was 21 to was 0 awesome in six minutes, so two minutes, a touchdown to, for the first quarter. And that was a quick start. It right? was. And Very that, quick start. I, I mean, that's what propelled it to the victory. They, I don't, you know, I don't know what they, if they had a nice pregame speech or were getting really hyped, but you could tell they definitely brought the energy for that game. And I mean, that was really awesome to see this Beaver team start a half with, you know, just such momentum. And that propelled them, I think, to this win. Both sides of the football with that start as well, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we were talking about that last week. A complete game. Mm-hmm. We had a complete half. Not only both sides, but special teams yes. as well with that yes. little drop punt thing yeah, going on. I missed that. I saw the back end of that. Well, I kind of missed it, too. I was watching it. My in-laws record it, and then I, we were watching it back. And for some reason, during like the live part, it kind of like glitched or something so i didn't actually see how it happened then they replayed and i was like wow i did not know that happened but man that's some skill for those of you all who haven't seen it and i guess for those who have missed it basically what happened was is uh osu will actually got the ball at the 50 yard line due to a penalty on a previous possession um, by ucla and that put us at the 50 and we decided to do a drop kick what a drop kick is is basically the Kicker holds onto the ball, drops it to the ground, let it bounce off the ground, and kind of punts it. Mm-hmm. And 
all it has to do is travel 10 yards before we can touch it. And it traveled probably good 20. At least, yeah. Good maybe. 20 yards. And took a high bounce, and we yeah, and we, and we it. And we basically just kept, caught UCLA off guard. It wasn't yeah. expecting that. Outstanding start. When you think about UCLA's first possession, I believe, going on a fourth and one, our defense being able to stuff them, we get the ball back, and we score. Mm-hmm. That 14-0 start, our defense coming through, both sides of the football. I mean, this is what we've been waiting for all season. It is. Well, and that's why there's no surprise we got the win this game because mm-hmm. all the sides of the ball for pretty much four quarters played and yeah. competed. There's like a, a brief, and I, I can't pinpoint the time, but there's a brief. Um, Probably a third quarter. Brief time like, there where they're kind of closed to the gap. Jake Luton had like, I think, a little screen pass that just an easy throw to make and just misthrows it. We don't get it. And that's where I started to feel like, oh, that that slight sense of, is it going to be this again? Mm-hmm. But you have to give them props. They didn't fold. They kept going. And ever since, just up to that point, and then after that point, they just ran away with it. And so, great win. Yes. Yeah, and some of the players got quite the accolades um, in the NCAA due to their performance in that game. Mm-hmm. Was it you? Luton got named that, a yeah. national player of the week. Yeah. And so Isaiah Hodgins is just tearing it up. He's basically first in the Pac 12 and like second nationally in a lot of categories yes. for receptions and touchdowns all of that. Yeah. and just a lot. And no interceptions yet for Luton. Yeah. Taking care of the football. So Luton finished, uh, finished 18 of 26 for 285 yards, five TDs. Pierce, 119 on 21 carries, 1 TD. And Hodgins, 10 receptions, 123 yards, 3 TDs. The playmakers are getting the ball, and they're doing something with it. Yeah. What I like seeing is the incorporation of Ty John Lindsay more and also the incorporation of tight ends. Right. And we saw Colby Taylor kind of break out this game, another one of the receivers. So mm-hmm. we even got to see a little bit of spread on that yeah. on the ball to different players that game. and. I think all of that, just encompassing all of that, made for such a fun game to watch. That was the most fun game to watch for me in a long time that I can I remember. Probably I since the Colorado game last I year. I mean, yeah. That, yeah. that was a comeback. That was a different type of fun, right? It right. Was. I mean, none, no part of this game was I really nervous, and that's just a good feeling <laughs> to have. You know, I mean, I really didn't know what that feeling was like as a Beaver fan. And I mean, I think that points to the rise of where we're going and you could say we're, we played a knockdown beat down UCLA team with a backup quarterback. Yes, but you're on the road. And I mean, it's not just a give me win. And so they really did earn it. They competed and really just handled UCLA and came out with a convincing win. That's going to propel them on to for the forward in this season. I'm really impressed with Zeke. I was talking to you before the game, um, or sorry, before the podcast. We were watching highlights. Um, just how open at times receivers were. And I, I have to give it up to the coaching staff for the play designs and what they were doing, having receivers in motion. It was really, really impressive to see um, what what we did out there. Yeah, it was really good. I, I seen them open up the playbook a little bit more. And also, I think one of the things that I really like seeing is, again, we was talking about that improvement. They improved every game. 
And now that improvement has culminated to a win, which is very important for them because now it gives them that confidence to know, hey, you can win. And when you win, you, you like the taste of winning. And you run after that winning. You run after that taste. And I'm, I'm happy to see that they got that W. It was big because I, I don't think – I know you two picked the Beavers to win. I would say most people around the country that don't follow this stuff as close as we do, mm-hmm. they see that score line and see us go to UCLA. Granted, it's a one-win team, but it's surprising. I think for most people that don't really follow maybe Pac-12 or follow the Beavers – You know, to us go somewhere and get a win like that on the road, you know, we're starting to show that, you know, we're not just going to be a pushover team. You're going to have to play us. Right. And that does point to like most casual fans or just sports fans aren't. They look at the records. They look at the stats and the scores. And that doesn't tell it all. But as we are fans, obviously watching each game, seeing them play, there's vast improvements overall this team and it's weird it's it's crazy to think that we could legitimately be 4 and 1 right now and just thinking about that's like wow like yeah. imagine if we're 4 and 1 right now 8 points separate us from being 4 and 1 8 points shut out halves separates mm-hmm. us from being yeah. i mean yeah it's hard but it's crazy and I think, you know, Nate, when you were talking earlier, not that you were ever nervous, but where there were times where there's moments where it's like, oh, you know, are we going to let go of this lead? Is UCLA going to come back? <clears throat> I think what was different about this game, each time UCLA, you know, kind of dug into that lead, we responded. That was the difference in what we saw in this game that we've seen um, um, in previous seasons. Yeah. Well, and this team, you can tell, has some swagger and some confidence that i mean goes a long way from separate of the last few years i think when you've seen teams of past kind of oh off whether or not like ucla comes out and scores quick they start to be like, oh man here we go but this team is different they they believe in themselves and you can see it and they believe in each other and they know okay well we can go right back out and score again and let's not fool ourselves. This UCLA team has the ability to come back on people. And they, yeah, we they know that. that in the Washington State game. They really did. That they can come back. And I think that was one of the largest deficit comebacks in college history. I think it was like 35, 34 points or something like that. Crazy. Right. And in in like what, 12 minutes left in the third quarter of a game. That's ridiculous. So right now in the Pac-12 North with the Beavers 1-1, one and one, I think Nate was, you're making an argument, not an argument, but you're saying technically you can say we're tied for second in the in, in a roundabout way. We, because we have less conference games and some of them, uh, factoring that in, we have with our loss record, we have one Pac 12 loss, which sits us at second because you have Stanford at two and two. So they have more wins, but they also have more losses. I think Cal's at one and two and uh, Washington State's 0 and two and, who yeah. else is there? And that's surprising seeing Wazoo at a yeah. one yeah. too. That's for sure. So yeah, right now, um, Oregon two and zero, Stanford two and two. We're one and one. Cal one and two. Washington one and two. Uh, Wazoo zero and two. Both of those Washington schools is a surprise to be down there. Oh, tell me. Well, about I mean, it. we might as well let's get into that already. Yeah. I was shocked to see Washington go down at Stanford, a Stanford team that we we should have beaten. Yeah. 
It's up. We we should have beaten Wash uh, Stanford. Washington, Stanford. Yeah. We should have yeah. beaten Stanford. And if I remember correctly, we we went zero points the first half of that, right? We did. Yep. So and it ended up with a three point deficit where basically they kicked a game winning field goal with six seconds left on in the game clock. Not much you could do about that if you don't dominate the rest of the game. However, if you look at the Stanford Washington game, I mean they they kind of dominated Washington. Yeah. I mean, sports in general are crazy. College football is crazy. On top of that, the Pac-12 conference. Oh my goodness, Pac-12 is, is wacky. It's its own crazy. And yes. yeah, I mean, anyone can beat anyone in a given week. So it it is kind of hard to play that game of oh, we almost beat them, but they destroyed that team, so we mm-hmm. should beat them. You can't really use that logic in the Pac-12 conference. So it's kind of hard to predict what team's going to win in a given week. Mm-hmm. You just, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just who shows up. Home field plays a factor in that. Yeah. Because, Injuries. Yep. I mean, there's so many things. I mean, because if you look at Cal, Cal looked like they was going to be the front runner in this uh, conference starting the season off. I mean, he was dominating. And then last couple weeks haven't been just that. They, hasn't, they haven't been as hot, you know. Well, well I'll say this. Even with Oregon um, at home against Cal, I mean, Oregon won 17 to 7. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like what I'm trying to say is the top team in the Pac 12 North doesn't seem so terrifying to me yeah. right now. And I would make an argument. I mean, you got to start talking about this Beavers offense being one of the best in the Pac 12. Oh, I'm definitely. not joking. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, any team that's going to play us, they have to account for our offense. I mean, we're we're doing things that I'm not sure other programs are able to do right now in mm-hmm. the Pac-12. The numbers that we're putting up, both ground in air, both ground in air. I think that's right. what they, makes our offense so special is we have that ability to attack both ground in air. And the airs, the air attack is what's kind of been. We knew the running game was there. We we're waiting for the air to mm-hmm. come, and and it's here. And Luton, the dude's locked in. Accurate this last game, probably the best game he's had as a beaver, right? Yeah, wouldn't you say? It is. Well, it part is. of such efficiency they're having, as we've touched on, is their security of the ball. I mean, not only has Jake not thrown any interceptions, not only has he not fumbled it, the running backs haven't fumbled it, haven't coughed it up, and that goes along with. I think that feeds into efficiency, which is also crazy to think how dynamic and how just strong we've been on offense how much more it could have been we have we still had two halves we didn't score any points Mm -hmm. it's just such a wild thing it is i mean as much as you can give praise to this offense there's those halves that linger in your head of what happened there like three points you're at least going to overtime Mm -hmm. but it's not yeah seven points and you win both of those games what do you guys think is more satisfying in the Jonathan, Jonathan Smith era? This victory or the Colorado comeback from last year? This victory. Agreed. I believe the, the Colorado comeback came later, later in the year, right, if I'm correct? Yeah. I, I mean, so we were surely like, out of it. I mean, we yeah. were actually talking about where we are in the standings right now and with some hope. So yeah, yeah. it's a little different. And, and also I think the biggest difference between that and this year is this year, especially with the Stanford and the um, 
Hawaii game, we've been looking and we're saying, man, we should have won those games, those really close games. You know, and I know we had that last year with Nevada with Shukara missing a kick the last second. But, however, this year I think you see we have legitimate talent on both sides of the ball. And to see that talent come together and work as a team to get a W is very important. And I think, too, last year that Colorado game, I mean, I wouldn't go so extreme to say a fluke, but it's it's one of those, like, it's a – it's a morale, a game morale booster. Whereas I think this one is a season morale booster. Mm-hmm. I think we'll see it propel this team forward. And I mean, we have to, you have to address the fact that we do have a tough schedule. And so, I mean, it's going to get harder. And yeah. so you kind of have to relish in this nice where we're sitting, but it, I think that when we haven't seen in the era that we've been Beaver fans, a dominating away victory mm-hmm. yep. and let's not i mean yeah like i said let's look past the fact that this is a team that's down who cares with this team i think just to go on the road win convincingly against a big name coach chip kelly i mean there's so many there's a lot of hot takes around him but still all of that included i think proves that this beaver team isn't a joke and i think we're going to see them continue to improve despite whatever our record ends up being, man, there's a lot of good stuff happening this year. On that note, good closing statement, Nate. That was great. Yeah, you can slam a can down. Why not? It's carbonated (laughs) water. Anyways, um, let's take a timeout. Uh, When we do get back, we're going to go behind the mask with Utah, and we're going to preview that upcoming matchup. You're listening to Built on Bees. Fall is in full swing, and when I think of fall, I think of soup recipes, some chili, those kind of worn foods that just touch your soul. And so a good place to go find some recipes that are healthy, that are delicious, is head on over to ablossominglife.com. Amy is a blogger that has recipes. She has skincare routines, all kinds of things. Her aim is to create a simple, natural, budget-friendly life. You can also follow her on Instagram at ablossominglife, ablossominglife.com. Head on over. Welcome back to Built on Beeves. I was kind of hoping we had no music licensing issues or anything like that because we were, during our prep before this segment, we had a little ace of bass, the sign. We were digging it. We were not. Eric was. I was digging it. That's for sure. To be fair, Zeke was singing it. That's what. I, I that's was. what spurred it for me to put. I mean, it it's on. a catchy song. You'll start singing to it. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh yeah. Catchy and good are kind of different. Do you want to sing it? There's no license against singing it. Well, I feel like Nate's a singer. <laughs> if anyone's gonna do it, it should be him. So, I only not, know how to not sing my punk genre. rock. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's go behind the mask with Utah. We're gonna hand it. Hand it, hand it over yeah, to you. Have, you, yeah. have a, you talk funny. Yeah, you trying to be a Honda? Uh, representative? What are you? What are you saying <laughs> over there? I heard, I heard Honda. I, look, Utah. Sometimes I just Utah. Sometimes Utah. stuff just comes out it? of my mouth. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's just. This is not about me. Let's let's move on. Right. Yeah. Okay. This is my segment. It is. So let's hand it. Let's. <laughs> I did it again. Let's hand it over to our detective reporter. 
Nate, yep. who's going to tell us all about Utah and their mascot. Utah, as Eric would pronounce it. Chicago. So we accent. have the University of Utah Utes. And so you may say, what's a Ute? Well, a Ute, it's in honor of the American Indian tribe for which the state of Utah is named. The Utes have inhabited the area of the country for at least a thousand years. And so there were originally 12 different bands throughout Utah and Colorado. The Utes were among the first American Indians to acquire the horse as a means of transportation. And in rock riding, the Utes are depicted as horses. And so after several different conflicts with Mormon settlers in 1861, the Utes were relocated to the Uintah Utah Basin in northeastern Utah. And today, tribal headquarters are in Fort Duchenne, Utah, and the Ute tribe with a membership of 3,300 in its own tribal government remains a vibrant part of the state. And so the University of Utah, in cooperation with the Ute Tribal Business Committee, is proud to share in the tradition of the Ute tribe through the Ute's nickname. And so that's a little bit about the actual nickname of the Ute. Also, before 1972, the nickname Redskins were frequently used in interchangeably with Utes, but the university discontinued the practice because Redskin is considered an ethnic slur and is now considered offensive by most Native Americans. And so that's the name behind it. Then we have the mascot, Swoop, who is a red-tailed hawk. He's the actual masked mascot. And they introduced Swoop with the consent of the Tribal Council of the Ute Tribe in 1996. Originally, the school's mascot was an Indian, but was later dropped. Then they had Hoyo, a cartoon Indian boy, who became an unofficial mascot, but he was also dropped. So definitely uh, started dropping those guys. So we have Swoop, who's the red-tailed hawk, which is an indigenous bird of Utah. And then, obviously... Utah Utes, the Indian tribe. Was there ever a live bird at all? Not from my research, but if you listeners know anything better, shoot us a line. Well, a lot of times when you've done these, sometimes you have that live mascot first or in association with the That would be pretty sweet, have that hawk flying around the stadium. Yeah. You know what's weird? I feel like I've never seen their mascot. I was just about to... I was thinking the same thing. A lot of these times when we're doing these, it's mm-hmm. just like I have somewhat of an image in my, ha- my head. Yeah. Um, no idea what this... What the hawk looks like. Me neither. So I don't know if it gets a lot of screen time or... show you. I don't know either. Does it travel with the team? I don't know. Because <laughs> really, I, I, I don't feel like I've... I've never seen know that. It. I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh. Do you see it? Yeah, I just... I feel like I've seen that. It doesn't look like a Pac-12 mascot to me. No, it doesn't. Why. It kind of looks, looks like a Mid-American Conference mascot or something. <laughs> it does. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a, it's got a Mac no. feel to it. Um, I do want to say, from last week, we were talking about um, the primates. I oh, texted, yeah. Yeah. texted the BOB crew here. There is a primate in the NCAA. Yes. It is Pittsburgh State. The gorillas... <laughs> And they have Gus the Gorilla, who's the mascot. Uh, the, the Gus the Gorilla drums, um, wears wow. shades once in a while. And this was really interesting. Pittsburgh State, you figure, okay, it's going to be the city of Pittsburgh that we all really know. Wrong. Kansas. Didn't see it coming. Yeah. 
Interesting. There's yeah. a Pittsburgh, Kansas. Yeah. Oddly enough, there's a Pittsburgh, Illinois as well. I think there's a lot of Pittsburghs. Yeah, there's. A lot of Springfields, too. That is true. Mm-hmm. There's like six or seven in the country. There's way more than that. Springfields? Mm-hmm. Is there another I'm pretty Corvallis sure Springfields yes, in there is. almost Mon- every state. Montana. Okay. Maine. We have two good things Maine. happening there. What? Corvallis? Oh, just kidding. No, no. It's Corvallis, yeah, Montana. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking Portland. Portland, Maine. Yeah, it's Portland, Maine, but it's Corvallis, oh, Montana. Oh, yeah. Did you there, say my Portland, Montana? You meant to say Maine. Got it. Yes. I <laughs> said Maine, didn't I? I think so. Whatever. That's beside the point. <laughs> it is. What, is. Is it um, is it Route 20 that goes to Newport? Does that go all the way to Maine? Boston. It goes all the way to Boston. Boston. It, okay. Highway 20 is the longest highway in the, in the uh, country. I wonder how long it would take to drive just that. Every time I see that sign in Newport, I'm like, I want to drive to Boston. On yeah. Highway 20. That's got to be like an old, like a two-month commitment, right? I mean, because they can go months. through streetlights. It depends like how that. much sights well, you want to see. There and back, maybe. Yeah. Meh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, okay, yeah, you're right. Least, this isn't the Oregon Trail. I'm a yeah, little, yeah, I would say at least. Got to chill out there. I well, said, I know I said Oregon. I don't know where that came from. I never say that. Yeah. Oregon. <laughs> that's how my father says. talking about names. That's how my father says Oregon. Oregon. Like, how's everything going in Oregon? All I did is Oregon. I remember somebody saying once, it was weird. They would say the University of Oregon, but then they would say Oregon State University. <laughs> yeah, it's just weird. Just disrespectful. Oh, my goodness. What's previous game? Okay, yeah, let's let's go ahead and do that. So this Saturday, October 12th, it is homecoming. Homecoming. For OSU. 5 p.m. kickoff, Pac-12 Network. I, I feel like I'm just going to say I feel like this game deserves a little more than Pac-12 Network. I'll leave it at that. Um, Research Stadium, Oregon State, as we said, two and three, one and one in the Pac-12. Utah, four and one, one and one. Uh, this uh, this game's happening. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know what else to say after you, that. You, you know what's funny to me is thinking that uh, Utah is ranked number 15 in the country right now. You think they've right. been picked up by the network or at least ESPN? I don't know if people respect us enough still. I mean, we see well, what we a are. But... It, it's, it's not about us, though. It's about Utah. Yeah. People make the argument, too, that um, I think coaches and stuff have made the argument in the Pac-12 that when it comes to, like, rankings and, like, trying to get, like, a playoff bid and stuff mm-hmm. like that, the games are so late, yeah. he, like, for That's people true. on the East Coast that they don't get a lot of coverage that of these teams, sense. you know? So... Anyways, I I feel like this this game is probably worthy of a little more than just yeah. the Pac-12 network. It's usually why um, they call it Pac-12 after dark, because on the East Coast and Midwest, it's some some of the games will start until like eleven o'clock midnight for them. Yeah. Do you know what Utah was ranked before they lost to USC? I can um, surely tell. I think thirteen. You. So they didn't drop a ton. Yeah, they really didn't. No, no, that's the wrong team. Now the last time they played. Uh, was 2016 where Utah won 19 to 14 in Corvallis. I want to say I was were we, we were there yeah. together, right? Was that a Thursday night? Yeah, it was a slightly. Was, I don't know the day, but it was slightly rainy. It was we a Saturday were on the afternoon, bench pretty close to the field on the Utah side. Yeah, it was I one of those that. wet, sloppy games. Sloppy games. What was the, what was the last right. year you played? Just, they said 2016. Okay, yeah. um, so I have Utah ranking. It actually changed every week since the beginning of the season. Wow. They was ranking number 14 week one, number 13 week two, number 11 week three, 
Number 10, week four. Then number 19, week five. And now they sit at number 15. Okay. There we go. Yeah. A lot of changes for them. So initial thoughts on this game. I'll leave it to you, fellas. Well, so Utah has a defense that allows less than 300 yards per game, which is a really um, eye-opening stat. That's a pretty thing to, pretty tough thing to do. So their defense is solid. Um, so that's really going to, I think, be a tell of how good our offense really mm-hmm. is. This is definitely the hardest defense we've played up to this point. And so I think it's going to be a really telling game of where we are. I mean, this will be the toughest team we've played to date. Um, I'm just excited to see what Oregon State team comes out. I mean, it's nice it's at home. We'll have Reeser back coming with excitement off of a win against UCLA, obviously. So at Mm -hmm. homecoming, I think it'll be a nice crowd. I think, is this the first game where probably all the students are back? I mean, yes. you did kind of for Stanford, but that was kind of like yeah, still the beginning mm-hmm. right, of students And, and plus back, it's so. homecoming, so I think the frats and sororities are going to really show out this game. Um, piggybacking off what Nate was saying, so as far as points per game for both Utah and Oregon State, uh, Oregon State actually has more points per game. We have... 37 points per game, while Utah has 31.4. Points allowed per game is quite different with uh, Utah at 14.4 and us at 30.4. So almost half difference there. And when it comes to total yards per game, we actually are beating um, Utah in that, those statistics with total yards per game for Utah is 460.2 and us is 475.6. But also on the second hand, and yards allowed. We have 440 and they have 282. So they have a good defense. I think our offense is really going to have to show up. Uh, the offense we saw at UCLA, it's going to have to show up. We definitely can't have a stalled half where we don't score against this team. Agreed. You're going to need that complete game. Yeah. However, this is what I was saying. I don't think Utah has played much competition so far. Well, I, I don't think so either. But then again, the Pac-12 is so weird. But if we're just going off their non-conference schedule, I, I don't think it's anything that impressive. You're talking BYU, Northern Illinois, Idaho State. Yeah. And I, I've seen some other Northern Illinois games this this year. They 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 sad. They do not look good at all. And I don't think Idaho State's been relevant. Is I, Idaho ever? State? So I don't that, know. That's F, FCS? Um, I, They... They could actually be FCS, but I don't know. They 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 could actually be in one of the smaller conferences. No, in D1. I, I think they're FCS. I'm pretty sure they're FCS. Either way, probably you know, and, and BYU's hit and miss every year. And then the the one side of competition they did face USC, they they lost. Yeah, yeah, and I would say too. There outside of probably Wazoo, this might be the this is probably the best offense that Utah is going to be going up against. Yeah. Now, defensively for Utah, um, you know, they stopped the run really well. However, we are able to do, we're able to run and pass and mm-hmm. go through the air. So I wonder if you're Utah, how are you going to attack the Beavers? Like, how are you going to defend them? Because mm-hmm. 
right now our, we have a passing game that's locked in with a top wide receiver, a quarterback that doesn't throw interceptions. Granted, the Utah quarterback hasn't thrown one yet either. Both of them, it's very odd. I think they're the only two left in the Pac-12 that haven't thrown a pick. Um, so if you're Utah, you know, what, how, how are you going to approach it? I think they'll do everything they can to lock down Hodgins, whether it's just being pretty physical with them at the line or obviously you're putting your best defensive back on him. If they can slow down our run and I don't know if they can stop it, but for sure slow it down, put us into a lot of third and longs. That's probably the best kind of formula that they're going to have going. We'll see. I don't know. Well, who's who's next guy up if they're all over Hodgins? I mean, it'll you have to be Tyjon. You can argue Tyjon Lindsay or Champ. Yeah, Flemings, Champ Flemings. Or You throw to your tight end, Noah. Mm-hmm. I was also going to say, too, if, if the run's really getting stopped, if you can just get Pearson some space um, out of the backfield, throw yeah. to him, too. He's got some wheels. Yeah, or even like seeing that triple option come out. You know, where it changes it up a little bit. Well, I'm surprised we actually didn't even mention in the first segment, Luton with the rushing TD against UCLA. <laughs> didn't see it coming. No, me neither. No. And he had a great play call. QB sneaks. Mm-hmm. So they didn't bring that uh, Jack Coletto formation out, which was interesting. Was Coletto, was the formation ever out at all? I don't think no, so. No, I didn't see no. it. Okay. Um, so right now, uh, the line for this game, I believe it was at 13 and a half. I want to confirm that. You are right. That's the spread. Yeah, the spread is 13 and a half. Um, uh, Utah's favored. We're the underdogs. I, I don't, I, I think, I, I think you, if you're just going by the spread, you could probably go for the Beavers and take that where they would get within that point range. Um, so, yeah, honestly, uh, for me, I want to get into predictions here. Um, well, I'll, I'll wait. You know what? I always go last. I'll go ahead and get started. How about yeah, that? Yeah, start us off. Yeah, I'll get us started. So, um, now, most of the, most listeners probably don't even want me to predict the Beavers because I've been wrong what the last... Oh, no, I got Stanford right. So, I don't know. Either way, um, I'm on a losing streak here of one, so... Two other BOB crew members got it right last week. Um, for me, I don't. I think Zeke, you kind of talked about it. I'm not sure Utah has really played much competition yet, and their offense doesn't seem to really scare me too much. I know that they they have a running back coming back this week. I believe it is. Um, let me get the name here. Um, Zach Moss, who's who had a shoulder injury three weeks ago. So he's expected to return to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so off- offensively, I I think if we see the Beavers defense that we've seen over the last two weeks, I would say, I think that we're, we'll be able to stop them. And I think offensively, this is the best offense that Utah's probably faced. So mm-hmm. for me, I think at home and the momentum of the win last week, I actually am going to go with an upset win. I do think the Beavers are going to pull this off. I think it's going to be a close one, but I, I think I've been, they've proved me wrong. Ever since that Cal Poly prediction that I made, this team, 
I, I, I want to say what Nate said. That was, in a way, a statement win because they blew out the FCF school and they've competed ever since almost in every game this season. Mm-hmm. So this team has turned the corner. And honestly, right now, Utah doesn't seem to scare me. So, yes, my prediction is the Beavers. Now let's send it on over to the pick expert. That's me, in case you're wondering. Five and zero. <laughs> I'm going to hold on to that as long as I can. Oh, you. We know you are. Um, yeah, it's feeling like this is the year of the upset. Now the question is, when's that upset coming? Mm-hmm. Is it coming this week? You ask. No one really asks, but that's the question. Oh, you did ask. We kind of asked. Yeah. Asked. Huh. I like keeping y'all in suspense when I do this. I think, obviously, they're going to compete. This is definitely a telling game. This is mm-hmm. going to, like I said, the hardest game, hardest team they faced. I'm just excited to see what Beaver team shows up. And each week I keep kind of touching on it, but it kind of leads into the next. I'm obviously encouraged, and this team's made strides of improvements, obviously. But they're still not to the point where I'm fully sold. I'd say I'm about... 75% sold, but there's still that lingering question. So just me as a fan, even if they lose this game, but it's competitive, that still builds that um, faith in this program, faith in Jonathan Smith. Like I said, I haven't completely been sold yet, which is the reason I'm going to pick Utah. So I have Utah winning coming in think the beavers can i'm gonna always say that obviously i think they can and they're showing a lot of fight a lot of confidence and swagger these players believe in this team but i'm i'm just not there yet to give them a win over a pretty dominant program okay now it's to me and i'm pretty sure everybody think they know what i'm gonna say okay well now Uh, we know you're changing it. we do no he's staying However, so at not the, so fast. Yeah, not so <laughs> fast. At the beginning of the season, before the the season prediction I gave for the Beavers were nine and four. Okay, that's still technically achievable. All right, you're not wrong. <laughs> and during that season prediction, I actually put Utah as Oregon State's first loss. All right. Now, with that being said, all right. The tables have turned. The tables have indeed turned, okay, with the improvement of both the offense and defense, the win against UCLA last week, that momentum, and also me seeing um, how the Utes play. Like you said, they, they, they don't really scare me, you know? I'm pretty sure I remember you saying at the very beginning, this team scares me. Yeah. Like at the beginning of the season. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. I also picked Utah to win the Pac-12 North. So we're all over the place. Oh, yeah, South. Oh, my gosh. Well, I I was (laughs) the one who said it was in the North at the beginning of the season. That's not me. (laughs) I have have them winning the Pac-12 South. No no credibility here. They they probably still will win the Pac-12 South, actually. Okay. Wait a minute. Is ASU part of Pac-12 South? Yeah. Yeah. No, ASU's going to win it. Okay. the The point is... Pac-12 North Wazoo I had picked. Okay. Okay. So neither team scares me anymore. Yeah. All right. Let's leave it at that. And and I would say yes. 
after seeing Utah playing and seeing them playing these games, yeah, they don't scare me as much anymore. Yeah, they they're beatable. They're very beatable. And I think with homecoming, with how much we have riding on it, and I think we have an upset in us. And I think we need an upset this season. And I think riding off the UCLA high, we gonna get the W. What a shock. <laughs> yeah, if you ended that with but not this time. That would have been a surprise. Can I off side topic kind of what does homecoming even do? Is that any nowadays is there even any like hype or excitement about it being homecoming or is it just the title of the game? No, so homecoming is technically I mean, you see it more in high school, there's always a dance for homecoming in high school. Now for college, usually fraternities and sororities host parties for homecoming. That, that's kind of, and there's usually a little bit more festivities for the students before the football game for homecoming. That, that's kind of what it is. It's it's the official kickoff of partying for the school year. <laughs> there you have it. Yep. So there's no homecoming dance. Isn't there still there's like, no, like homecoming court or something like that? There is still a homecoming court. Okay. How for Oregon college? State does that? Yeah. Yeah, there's a homecoming court. Interesting. How to vote for him? I don't know. Who's going to be homecoming king and queen? I don't know. Let's do our predictions. No, <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're, we're done. Jake Luton for okay. homecoming king. <laughs> okay. So, for the record, me and Zeke are both picking the beeves. Yep. And your expert picker is picking that's gonna, Utah. That's going to push me further. He's willing to push me further in the lead as yeah. you guys keep picking different than me. So you guys aren't playing for the win of picks. See, but we care about the Beavers winning. No, I do too. More importantly, not we, we don't care about this record that you're because you guys about. are losing. Of course you don't. <laughs> <laughs> we're just messing around. Nate really does care. Okay, we, we we're ending this segment. So uh, let's take a break. When we get back, we are going to do the rundown. You are listening to Built on Beavers. Wood and concrete products designed with excellence in mind is the philosophy of Arete Woodworking. Go on over to aretewoodworking.com to find his products or get to know more about him. Or head on over to Instagram and follow him at Arete Woodworking. Welcome back to Built on Beeves. It is time to do the rundown. The rundown. The, the, the rundown. <laughs> I'm waiting for the one time you guys don't say anything and it's just going to be that awkward pause and who knows what will come out of my mouth with that if that happens yeah. so but it is time for the rundown zeke get us started okay i'm gonna start us off with some news in oregon state basketball men's basketball uh head coach wayne tinkle has a one-year extension that's been added to his contract for the so he's been extended to the 2022-2023 season that sounds weird saying that we're about to get into the 2020s. It's it, Yeah, it's coming. That's crazy. A few months away, people. All right, so he got a one-year extension on that. He first signed a six-year contract in 2014 when he was hired. That deal was extended by two years in 2016. And last year, uh, the Beavers finished fourth in Pac-12 play, which was the best since the 1990 season. And if you want to know how much he's making, uh, <laughs> his salary started at $2 million this season. $2.1 million for the 2020-21 season and $2.2 million for the last two uh, years of the contract. And if he should be fired, 
he gets to make three quarters of a million dollars. So, thank good you. Good deal. That's a good deal. Wow, that, there was a more professional way to get into this money there, Zeke. That was great. Hey, money's money, man. Money's money, money. <laughs> um, let's head on over to men's golf. They ended the 2019 Hamptons Intercollegiate today, and they won that. So they enjoyed two days of play yesterday and today, and they got their 40th all-time team title. And so they beat Richmond and they concluded the two-day 54-hole tournament with a three-over. And so all golfers, all five golfers finished in the top 20, led by senior Sean Liu's career-best first-place finish as an individual. And so they ended that tournament first. So how about that? Nice. Look at that. Look at that. Women's volleyball. Uh, they lost a set of matches last week well that didn't work a set of matches they lost two matches last week if you're talking volleyball that that word doesn't work in that the way i used it there yeah but they did lose to stanford at home number three stanford uh this past saturday zero to three um and then um at washington oh sorry i'm all over the place they lost they lost to number 19 cal last friday uh, zero to three sets, and then the Stanford the following night, um, zero to three sets as well. So Cal Cal was nineteen ranked, and uh, Stanford ranked number three, and then they have Washington coming up, who's ranked eleventh this Friday on the road, and then they're going to Wazoo, Washington State, who's ranked number twenty four. So they are in a tough stretch mm, of this Pac twelve schedule right now. Um, so right now they are sitting at eight and seven, uh, tuned to in conference. Uh, let's see if they can get it turned around. Yeah. All right. On to women's soccer. They are sitting at nine, one, one, nine wins, Whoa. one loss and one tie. So interesting at five Oh at home undefeated four one, one away. So I guess they're in an emergency state at nine, one, one. How che- long were you thinking about yeah, that I, one? I, I know. It's a cheesy attempt at a joke. Sorry. But anyway, um, since we last left off, they had uh, lost to Washington State. That was their first loss um, in Pullman, Washington. I spoke about that in last week's episode. And they went to Salt Lake City, Utah, for where they had a tie against the Utah Utes. Um, at It was one and one So both scored once and... That's how they ended the game. And then on October 6th, which was a Sunday, um, in Boulder, Colorado, they beat uh, the Colorado Buffaloes 2-1. to one. Now, if you want to catch some upcoming games, they are coming back to Paul Lorenz Field here in Corvallis where they're undefeated at. And on October 10th, Thursday at 7 p.m., they're going to be going against the Stanford Cardinals, followed by October 13th, <laughs> Sunday. Yeah, it's not the Cardinals. What? It's the Cardinal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you guys don't know, Eric is just losing it over here. All right. Modify the pronunciation, I guess. All right. So on October 13th, uh, which is Sunday at 1 p.m., you could catch them playing the Cal Bears. Or is it the Cal Bear? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the St. Louis Obispo Cardinals. <laughs> Charles Bells. <laughs> 
and and then um, they end their home stretch on on October 18th Friday at 7 p.m. against the Washington Huskies. Husky. Oh my! God. <laughs> I can't even get to Huskies. Huskies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The rundown you, always gets goofy. Once he starts laughing, you know it's over. Uh, we get a little loopy right, towards good. the end of the episode. Um, I just I've said so many words wrong tonight and so many comments <laughs> that just bad. haven't landed. It's it's rough. Uh, I want to say though, I didn't do my homework assignment. I was supposed to see if there's ever an undefeated women's soccer team or soccer team, and I didn't do it. So, you know, might be. It's but. all right. Let's head on over to the men's side of the ball. We had them playing at Cal. <laughs> What's so funny about that? People don't say that for it, soccer. That's a it, football term. Eric got a, yes, uh, do. Uh, a stint of the goofies. Zeke just talked about the women. Right, I'm, I'm talking I'm about putting the men. That, I'm putting my headphones down. Just do the take. Let's do. So they played <laughs> at Cal on October 30th. They lost that game by a score of 2-0. to zero. Um, Joel Walker scored in the 27th minute for the Beavs. Then they traveled to Stanford on October 6th, and Stanford's the number two team in the country, and they tied them one-to-one, and that came with another goal by Joel Walker in the 68th minute. Um, And then we have games coming. They're on kind of a long road streak right now. They have a game coming on October 13th, Sunday, at Washington, followed by October 24th at San Diego State. And then October 27th at UCLA. We don't come back home to Paul Lorenz till November 7th where we play Stanford again. And so they are sitting currently at 5-4-1 and one with a conference record of 2-1-1. and one. And that's how the rundown should be done. Good job, <laughs> Nate. Okay, I also want to mention, I don't know, I was trying to do a little research because on our break, we're, I noticed that for homecoming, they have like a retro Benny logo on the athletic website. So I wonder if we're gonna see little retro Benny unis and field design this Saturday, like they did last year. So that'd be interesting. Probably one of my favorite logos in all sports. So, okay. Um, well, well, let's wrap it up. Remember, listen, subscribe, and share the show, and follow us on your on our not your follow us on our social media outlets. You can also contact us by emailing builtonbees at gmail.com. For Zeke and Nate, I'm Eric. Thanks for listening. We are Built on Bees.